Well, this is the first Sunday of the year, and every year we always kind of review our, our purpose statement, our mission statement. So I want us to do that right off the bat, okay? Our purpose statement is simply this. We believe a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will grow a great church. And by the way, it grows great people. How do we do that? Through our mission statement. We join people seeking purpose and offer life through Jesus Christ. Our symbol that we have to kind of show the process is the, the racetrack. We bring people in. We're a front door church. Sundays is a big time. People think of God, okay, go to church on Sunday. We bring them in. We celebrate. We move them in to commitment. Commitment to Christ, commitment to the church. From there, we get them to connecting, connecting with other people and growing in their faith. From there, we help you discover your gifts so that you can serve in the church and outside the church. And then on to share, sharing your faith, your story with those in your relational world, your family, your teenagers. Then we go back out and we redo it all over again. Oftentimes, as we're running the track, people fall down. So we have a huge care ministry at LifePoint Church to help you heal and become whole so that you can continue to run the race. Now, over the last several years, we have been in a vision called 2020. And we started out in 2017 in the year of love. And we talked about loving God and loving others and loving our community. In 2018, it was the year of hope. And we talked about personal renewal, relational renewal, and we ended with missional renewal. This is the year of faith. And we are gonna be focusing in on building our faith through the choices that God wants us to make, and then or, or no, uh, building our faith and the faith of our families. And we're gonna start off by knowing the faith of our families in February. I'm gonna teach you the Apostles' Creed, the, the Nicene Creed, uh, other confessions, and our purpose of statement. And we're gonna help you to understand those things so that you can communicate it to your kids and your grandkids. And then we're gonna take a look at knowing, or after knowing the faith of our fathers, we're gonna take a look at building the faith of our families and then expressing that faith. That is the trajectory that we are on for this year. Now, a lot of people in life have a big misunderstanding about God. And what they, and what they misunderstand is this that God has a purpose and a plan for your life before you even came into existence, before the foundations of the world. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And yet people think, well, since God has this purpose and in this plan for my life before there was even a twinkle in my mom and dad's eyes, then everything must be predetermined. Everything must be preset. I have no choice in the matter. Well, the Bible teaches the exact opposite of that. Yes, God has a plan and a purpose for your life, but guess what? You can miss it, and most people do. God will not force his, himself on you. He will not force you to enjoy the plan that he has for you. And because of that, a lot of people miss it. They don't understand that they have to choose it that they have to accept it, that they have to follow it. That is why the theme, 
Let's make a deal. X'd out, let's make a choice. You remember that game? You could be there, you're one of the participants, a game player, and you choose a door, and there's, I don't know, a refrigerator there. And yet, you know, they've told you in advance that there is a vacation, world trip, or a new car. Do you want to make a deal? It is all about choices. And a lot of people miss God's plan for their life because they choose wrong. The Bible repeatedly tells us again and again that God will not force himself on you. He gives you options. You can choose to accept it or reject it. Obey or disobey. Follow or just ignore it. And like I said, most people ignore it. We're gonna take a look at a story of a person who didn't. Moses. Moses is a leader in the Old Testament And he is leading God's people out of slavery to the land of milk and honey, to the promised land. Then this story, if you've ever read it before, folks, it is a picture of salvation. God is leading us out of slavery. He's leading us out of ourselves, out of sin, out of guilt, out of fear, out of judgment, to freedom in Christ. It is a picture, but it is not automatic. It is a choice. Notice what God says through Moses in Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 16. Today I am giving you a choice. You can choose life and success or death and disaster. I am commanding you to love the Lord your God, to live the way he has told you, and to obey his laws and teachings. You are, to about, you are about to cross the Jordan River and take the land that he is giving you. If you obey him, you will live and become successful and powerful. He is giving them a promise. And that promise is true for you and for me. God says, you've got to love me, you've got to obey me, you've got to listen, and you've got to follow me. And if you do, you will have success and you will have power. Folks, as your pastor... In the beginning of 2019, I don't want you to fail. I don't want you to fail as an individual. In your marriages, in your families, I want you to succeed as a man, as a woman. Start with fellowship. Come to a men's thing. Come to a women's thing. Go to a young adults, singles thing. Start, okay? I want you to succeed in life. I don't want you to fail. But God says it's your choice. It's up to you. Are you going to obey me? Are you going to listen to me? Are you going to follow me? And he says, if you do, guess what? You'll have success. You'll be powerful. But if you choose not to, notice what he says in Deuteronomy 30, 17 uh, 17 through 19. But if you disobey and refuse to listen and are led away to worship other gods, you will be destroyed. You will not live long in that land across the Jordan that you are about to occupy. I am now giving you the choice between life and death, between God's blessing or curse, and I, will, and I call heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Choose life. One of the greatest gifts God has given you is the ability to choose. You are not a puppet. God could have made you a puppet. And guess what? If he would have made you a puppet, there would be no evil in this world. 
There would be no school shootings. There would be no abortions. There would be no racism or bigotry. There would be no government shutdowns. There would be no sexual abuse, okay? If God had not given us the gift of choosing. But he didn't. And he didn't because he wanted us to love him from our hearts, not because we had to. Love gives people choices. So he gives us freedom. And it is your greatest gift if you choose right. If you choose right, guess what? You get all the blessings. But if you choose wrong, it is your greatest curse. Now, a lot of times, we think that what influences our life is what happens to us. And whatever has happened to you this past year, or in your life, or even in the beginning of this year, I want you to understand that I really am sorry. I am. We put a lot of energy and thought into our care ministry. We have a care pastor, John Clements. We have a lot of class, grief share, divorce care, Stevens, you name it, across the board. Folks, we care. We want to bring health and healing and wholeness into your life so that you can fulfill the purposes for which God has you. But what happens to you in life is not as important as the way you choose to respond to it. Some people choose to respond in such a way that it builds them up. Other people choose to respond in a way that it tears them down. Some look at the things that happen to them in life and it's a stumbling block. Others take a look at it and say, hey, these are stepping stones. Truly, the same two people can experience the same things in life and one will succeed and the other one will fail. We cannot control everything that comes into our life, but folks, I guarantee you this, we can make choices and control our responses to them. And so what I am saying is we make our choices and our choices make us. And in the next several weeks, we're gonna be taking a look at different choices. And today, we're gonna start by taking a look at making the right choice of the right values. Now, people oftentimes think, I hear people saying this all the time, you know what, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, Pastor George. Have you ever heard that? Our culture's going to hell in a handbasket. I guess there's nothing we can do about it. That's not true. Honestly, I don't care what is going to hell in the handbasket in your life. It may be your life. It may be your marriage. It may be your family. It doesn't mean you, can, you have to resign to the fact that nothing can be changed. That's just not true. The way you change things is change the values of it. If you want to change the value of your home, you've got to change what you value at your home. If you want to change the value in your marriage, you've got to change what you value in your marriage. If you want to change what you value in regards to your health, you have to change the value in regards to your body. If you want to change your business, our community, your job, you've got to change the value with those things. And with that change will come a change of circumstances. Only the right values will give you the right 
results. So as we start 2019, I wanna ask you this question. What are you wanting to be five, 10, 15 years from now? Without even knowing you, I can tell you where you be by, ask, by you answering this question. Tell me what you're choosing to do right now. Just tell me. Tell me what you're choosing to do right now and I will tell you where you will be five, 10, 15 years from now. You see, smart people always ask the question, what do I need to do today in order to get to where I wanna be tomorrow? Guess what that's called? That's called wisdom. And in this story, Moses is the leader. And Moses made some choices that helped God's people get to the promised land. And as I look at Sunday mornings, every Sunday morning that I come here, I just don't look at people as, oh, they're part of the congregation. I look at them as your leaders. Each and every one of us influences people around us. And so will you write this down? Leaders make choices way before everybody else does. And we're gonna see this in Moses' life. The choices that he made helped his people get to the promised land, to experience freedom, to experience life. And the choices he made, you can make as well. I can guarantee you this, if Moses had not made those choices, his people wouldn't even have had a prayer. So let's read these four life-changing choices of Moses that he made way before his people got to the promised land, before God said to him, hey, today, for you guys, <laughs> choose life or choose death. Hebrews 11, 23 and 27. By faith, stop right there. Will you circle the word faith? This is the year of what? And we start off by taking a look at values. By faith, in 2019, we're gonna take a look at our value system. We're gonna take a look at our faith. We're gonna take a look at building our faith. We're gonna take a look at building our children's faith and take a look at building our teenagers' faith. It's gonna be a faith and family. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Now let's stop right there and let me explain. For 400 years, the Hebrews have been in slavery in Egypt and they multiplied like rabbits. There were millions of them and Pharaoh got concerned. And so he starts killing off babies and Moses' parents hid Moses from Pharaoh. They disobeyed the law, okay? And they worked a deal, a way that they could get Moses, little baby Moses, adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. So, so Moses became the grandson of Pharaoh. By faith, Moses' parents did this. And by faith, the year of faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is in Visible. Now let me make some points here. And the first one is this. Notice that there is an order to these verses. First, God chose. And then uh, Moses' parents chose. And then Moses chose. First, God 
chose Moses. He was an extraordinary child. It was recognized by his parents. God chose Moses. Moses had nothing to do with God's choices. Now let me bring that down to our level. If God hadn't chosen you and made you, you wouldn't be here. God made you to love you and he wants a relationship with you and he made you special as well. You have a unique purpose in life. And so God chose first, but then Moses' parents chose next. They hid the child. They chose to disobey the law. They chose to protect him. The parents had to make a choice. I bring this up because I hear a lot of parents in our culture say this. You know what? In regards to beliefs, I'm just going to, I'm just not going to force my beliefs on my kids. Why would a parent say that? Because they don't believe that their beliefs are true. They believe it's a preference. And yet what parent to their child coming up saying to them, hey, mom, dad, two plus two equals five, would say, oh, your preference, whatever. No, we'd say, no, that's wrong. It's two plus two equals four. You see, when a parent leaves their belief system up to their children, you know what that's called? Stupidity. Do you let your kids choose when they want to go to bed? Do you let your kids choose when they go to school and not go to school? No way! Then why in the world take the most serious subject matter, life and death, and leave it as an option? When they are young, you make choices for your kids. And every parent who doesn't make good choices for their kids, I hate to say this in, in the beginning of the year, are not good parents. I'm just letting my kids do whatever they want. They can watch any movie they want. Really? I'm gonna let them play any video game they want. Really? You have to make choices for your kids. Parents, take good notes today. Before they are old enough to make them for their own. And Moses finally grew up and started making his own choices. I want you to circle the word grown up. This is a mark of maturity. You start making choices for yourself, and by the way, you start owning those choices. Let me just say that another way. At some point in time in your life and in your children's life, they've got to quit living off the commitment of their parents, and they've got to start living their own spiritual commitments. Does that make sense? And Moses grew up and he made four choices. I want you to circle these four words. Refused, chose, regarded, and persevered. These are the exact same choices that you and I need to make if you want God's blessing on your life, on your marriage, on your kids, your family, at your workplace. These choices will determine your tomorrow. So what are they? The first one is this. Will you write this down? Moses refused to be defined by others. 
You as an adult have to make this decision. And by the way, everyone has to make this decision. Teenagers have to make this decision. And that is not to allow other people to determine their identity. This is the first choice Moses had to make. And he couldn't make it when he was immature. He made it when he grew up. And I bring this point up because parents today don't understand this. They're allowing young children to make major decisions about their sexuality. And they're not even grown up yet. This is a principle in scripture. This is very important. Hebrews, but Moses grew up. In Hebrews eleven twenty four. by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused, will you circle that word again, to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Moses is having an identity crisis here, okay? And the reality is, we all have identity crisis. Teenagers aren't the only ones that have identity. Adults do. Moses was having an identity crisis here, okay? Moses is born a Hebrew slave, but he is raised and is Egyptian royalty. He is the grandson of the Pharaoh, he, but he was actually born a slave. And now he has the tension. He has to decide, who am I? Now, I want to encourage you to review because I built these things. Last year, we talked about that. We did a whole series on mental health. Review it. Because this decision that Moses is about to make is going to affect the rest of his life, many tomorrows down the road. And he has two choices. He can either pretend to be the grandson of Pharaoh, and if he does that, hey, life is easy, man. Hello, look at all that I have at my disposal here. Or he could admit that he was born Jewish, and his life is going to become rough. It's going to be difficult. He's going to be humiliated. Let me ask you this. Which one of those would you choose if you were placed in that situation? I don't know, I think I'd fake it till I made it, I don't know. (laughs) But Moses didn't. Moses refused to live a lie. That means he was a man of integrity. That word refused in the Greek is arnamo, it's hard for me to say, but anyway, it means this. To reflect on so as to disown. He thought it through. Moses insisted on being what God wanted him to be. They made him to be. So let me ask you this question. Who are you letting determine your identity? Friends? Co-workers? An unpleasable parent? A spouse? Parents? Grandparents? We're going to get ready to start a grandparent ministry in this church. Get ready. Who are you allowing your grandkids to be influenced by to determine their destiny? Good question, right? Is it their friends? You see, this is called peer pressure. And it isn't just a teen thing. It's our little kids. It's adults. Moses refused to live a lie. Now, the Apostle Paul talks about this. Take a look at Romans 12, verse 2. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold, but let God remold your minds from within so that you may prove in in practice that the plan of God for you is good. 
He says, don't allow others to squeeze you into its mold. Hey, let's go out. It's the new year. Let's go out and let's just get blasted, okay? Let's have a big party. I got woke up, or not woke up this morning, but someone came to me this morning and said there was over 200 teenagers shooting off guns in Little Elm where the police had to come, two o'clock in the morning. Hey, let's just go out and party, okay? Let's go out and get drunk. Let's, let, let's go to this movie, okay? Let's go to this. I know it's not good. Let's go watch this movie. And one thinks, well, I guess it's okay. Everybody's doing it. As soon as you have that thought, well, everybody's doing it, you have given up your identity. Take a look at 1 Thessalonians 2.4. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He is the one who examines the motives of our hearts. Now here is the big issue. When you settle this first choice, when you choose to walk through that door, your identity door, accepting the identity in which God has given you, it makes you resistant to the fear of disapproval. And that is the number one fear I believe that most people have in life. What do other people think? And yet when you know your true identity of who you are in Christ, your fear diminishes. And Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He says, it's a lie. It's not the truth. So what did he do instead? Instead, he trusted. He put his faith in God, and I want to challenge us in the in in the year of 2019 to resolve to put our trust in who God says about us, about you, and not what other people are seeking to determine about you, your identity, because this is where real success begins. You've got to stop letting other people. And even as parents, you've got to stop letting other kids determine your kid's identity. The second choice that Moses made that determined his tomorrows that you and I need to make is this. You've got to choose short-term pain for long-term gain. You see, most of our problems in life is our inability to delay gratification. I want what I want, and I want it now, even if I can't afford it. That is why we have Financial Peace University. If you're in that situation, you need to sign up for it. In fact, I would encourage you, if you haven't gone through it, you should go through it, and you should bring your teenage kids to it. If there's one area that I dropped the ball on with my kids, it was training them financially, and I've had to make up ground for that, and some of you know about that personally, don't you, okay? So this is important. We want, we don't like to delay our gratification. But this is a big problem. We give up long-term gain because we are afraid of short-term pain. How many of you would agree with this? That sometimes the right thing to do is the hardest thing to do. It is, right? I mean, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Why do we rarely do the right thing? When someone criticizes us, why don't we criticize them back? Because it's hard. You're a jerk. When someone attacks you, 
the right thing is the right thing to do is almost always harder to do in the short term, but the benefits are long term. Take a look at Hebrews eleven twenty five. Moses chose. Will you circle that? to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. Don't you love how honest the Bible is? The Bible says sin is pleasurable. Sin is fun. Folks, if sin wasn't fun, if if sin was a bummer, we wouldn't do it. But because it's fun to be self-centered, we do it but it's short term. We get our kicks and then come the kickbacks. Sin is pleasurable, but only for a season. This may not be true of you, but it's definitely true of me. I am a sinner. I like to live a self-centered life, okay? You all are great saints, and I am grateful for each one of you, okay? But I am a sinner, and I am willing to own that, okay? Now, notice in this story, God chose Moses in verse 23. But in verse 25, Moses takes responsibility and he chooses God. Now, let me ask you a question. Where do you need to accept responsibility in your life? Where do you need to accept responsibility for your spiritual condition? LifePoint offers all kinds of classes. And I have people coming in a year, six months. Well, you should, well, you got to own it. Let me go through some spiritual facts for you. Fact number one, you're as close to God as you choose to be. Write that down. It's not my fault that you're not close to God. LifePoint offers all kinds of things. You're as close to God as you choose to be. Secondly, you can't live off someone else's spiritual commitment. Moses lived off his parents' spiritual commitment, but there came a time when he grew up that he had to live off of his own commitments. Now, let me make this clear. Life is hard at times. In fact, you will be hurt in life, but no one can ruin you spiritually but you. Your choices are far more important than your circumstances. Yes, you are a product of your past, but you are not a prisoner of your past. Yes, your past influences you, but it doesn't define you. Fact number three, you're free to choose whatever you want, good or bad, but you are not free to choose the consequences of your choices. I am free to eat, drink, smoke, have sex outside of marriage, spend money left and right like I was a gazillionaire, but I am not free from the consequences. Once I choose, those consequences go into effect immediately. And so I ask this question again. What choices are you going to make today Starting February 10th, I'm going to help you be purpose-driven. And then February 17th, and then so on and so on. Step one, step two, step three, step four. 
What choices are you going to make today to be where you want to be tomorrow? Fact number four, and most Americans don't get this, you're gonna have pain in your life. There is no such thing as a pain-free life. You will either have pain now or you will have pain later. Let me encourage you, play now, or pay now and play later. If you choose to postpone the pain, it only gets harder. Now because of that, God gives us some promises. Will you write down a couple of them? Will you write this down? God will use pain to help you grow. Take a look at Romans 5, 3 and 4. We can have joy in our troubles because we know that these troubles produce patience. And patience produces character. And character produces hope. He'll use it to grow us, to increase our hope. Here's another one. Will you write this one down? God will reward me in heaven. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. These present troubles are quite small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us an immeasurably great glory that will last forever. This is not the end of the story. That is why I love what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Because what is seen is this just temporal. It is here today and it is gone tomorrow. But what is unseen is eternal. And Moses chose to refuse to be defined by others. He chose short-term pain for long-term gain. And then number three, Moses chose what God values and not what culture values. This is the third choice that will determine the next five, 10, 15 years of your life. Take a look at Hebrews 10, 26. Moses regarded, circle that word. That means he evaluated. He made a judgment call. He considered. Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Folks, all the benefits of wealth were centered in Egypt. And he had it all in his hands. He had it all. And that's why in March, when I do a series out of Daniel, we're gonna take a look at Daniel's life and I'm gonna aim it at us and our kids because Daniel was 12 to 14 years old and yet you see him as a teenager, as a person of conviction. How did that happen? He too was in the center of wealth and that day it was Babylon. How did he do it? What did his parents do? I wanna know that. And yet he said, you know what? It is more important for me to be with God's people in pain than to be with the devil in pleasure. Why? Because he says he was looking ahead to his reward. If I were to ask you to name the top three values that you possess, could you do that? If you can't, then how can you live them? If you don't know what your top three values are, how can you live them for your kids, for the people that are around you? If you don't know them, let me tell you what's gonna happen. The world will fill in those blanks for you. And yet Moses said this, I'm not gonna live that way. I am not gonna live the world's values 
I'm going to live God's values. You see, the world and our culture wants, as I like to say out of the 60s and 70s, drug, sex, and rock and roll. In, in the 21st century, sex, salary, and status, okay? The Bible calls it the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. And Moses says, guess what? I'm not going to buy that. I'm going to walk away from that. Why? Because they're not lasting at all. Take a look at 1 John, 3, uh, 1 John 2, 17. The world and everything in it that people desire is passing away. But those who do the will of God live forever. God's values last forever. So, you're sitting here and you're saying, okay, you asked us that question. What about, what about you, Pastor George? Well, fortunately for me, I'm eight weeks ahead of you, okay? <laughs> so let me, write, let me give you three values that I operate my life off of. Okay? And the first one is this God's purpose. And I should have said God's purposes. But God's purpose is more important than popularity. We are a purpose driven church. We are seeking to help you fulfill the purposes that God has for you so that you can experience life, life to its fullest. I would encourage you don't miss them. This is round two. We had like 80 people go through it this, this past fall. God's purposes are more important than popularity. God's people are more important than pleasure. Glad to see you all here after the Cowboys game. And then third one, God's peace of mind is more valuable than possessions. Do you realize what I'm saying? I'm saying Moses gave up popularity, pleasure, pleasure and possessions to have purpose and people and peace of mind. Why? Because he was looking to the future through eyes of faith. There is a fourth choice and it is this, choose to live by faith and not fear. Hebrews eleven twenty seven. By faith. What year are we in? The year of faith. By faith, Moses left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Moses had every reason in the world to be scared to death, to be afraid of the future because of the God of Pharaoh. And Moses looked at Pharaoh in the eyes and he said to him, you're no God. You're not even a mini God. God is God and you're not. And that took faith. He put his faith in what was unseen. And you have to put your faith in God in 2019 through Jesus Christ. Paul in Galatians 2, 17 said this. No one can please God by simply obeying his law. So we put our faith in Jesus Christ 
And God accept us, accepted us because of our faith. In that verse is the gospel. God knew that we couldn't do what we needed to do to please him through our personal value system or through living the world's value system. And so God sent the value to earth and he lived a perfect life and he died on the cross and he rose from the grave so that he, you and I would know that it's not just a preference, it's truth, it's reality. And he says, if you place your faith in what I have done for you through my son Jesus Christ, you will have life. You see, as you and I walk through this world, we got choices we got to make. We can live our value system. I'm just going to do it my own way. I'm Frank Sinatra. Or we can, learn, we can live God's value system. Sex, salary, and status. Or we can choose God's value system. And that happens as you and I step through that door. In John 10, verse 7, Jesus said this, I am the door to your future. On the first Sunday in 2019, if you've committed your life to Christ, you make a statement with your communication card, I'm recommitting my life and I'm walking through the door. If you've never said yes to Jesus Christ, you're either living by your value system or you're living by the world's value system. Either way, it's not gonna last. You gotta walk through the door and Jesus said, I'm the door. And if you haven't done that yet, let me encourage you to do that. I'm gonna close with our heads bowed and I'm gonna read Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 30. And if you haven't said yes to Jesus Christ, I want you just, when I read this, I want you to say, I'm choosing you, Jesus. And then I want you to take your card and I want you to write your name, your email address, or check the box in the back and throw it in the offering basket. Because he's the one that we need to choose. He is the value. And he's the one that'll give us life. Let's pray. Will you just kind of say this in the quietness of your own heart? Today, I'm giving you a choice. You can choose life and success or death and disaster. I'm commanding you to love the Lord your God, to live the way he has told you, and to obey his laws and teachings. You are about to cross the Jordan River and take the land that he is giving you, if you obey him, you will live and become successful and powerful. And will you just say in your heart, God, I am choosing life through Jesus Christ. And if you said those words, as simple as, it were, as they were, God heard you. And on your communication card, Will you be so bold just to give me your email address 
and just say, I've chosen Jesus, or check the box, I'm giving my life to Christ, so I can email you some information. 2019 can be different from 2018 as we make wise choices. Lord, I just thank you for your goodness towards our life. I thank you for the gift that you've given us, the ability to choose. And God, I thank you for the future. And I thank you for what we have in you through your spirit as we understand next week about the guide that you've given us to get us and to help us experience the promised land. We give you this in your son's precious name. Amen.